You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program as your ticket, coming to you from Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater in smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of My Husband and My Play at The Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's episode features an interview with New York City-based Esperance Theatre Company's Ryan Quinn, Katie Hartke, who are married, and Charlie Murphy as they discuss their newest production, Bright Wish Farm, written by Jeremy J. Camps and directed by Mr. Quinn himself. Quick note, as you listen, you will hear some minor differences in audio. This interview was recorded at a separate time and location so as to accommodate the Bright Wish Farm production schedule. Not that that takes any of the enjoyment out of the experience, just letting you know in case you hear minor differences in the audio. So folks, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Esperance Theatre's Ryan Quinn, Katie Hartke, and Charlie Murphy as they discuss their production of Bright Wish Farm. Folks, please welcome to the show Ryan Quinn, Katie Hartke, and Charlie Murphy from Bright Wish Farm. Hi, gang, and welcome to your program, Is Your Ticket. Hi, Hi. it's so nice to meet you. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, Tell our audience about Bright Wish Farm, please. Uh, It's a brand new play uh, by Jeremy J. Camps. Um, I think at its heart, it's like does one what the best kind of classical plays do. It's very universal and it speaks about home and family, Um, but it's very topical right now because it it kind of speaks to the voice of what the people refer to as the flyover country of Wisconsin and uh, the kind of, it takes place in 2011 when Scott Walker and the Tea Party was moving in and it feels very much like how uh, the Trump party started and it deals with um, uh, immigrants working on a farm, Um, but at its heart, again, it's, it's about family and uh, who belongs to a home and who has ownership over that home and uh, when you find a home and when you find a family and you find a place to belong what happens when it's gone I think it's really cool because it's you know even as we've been thinking about marketing it and you know what's sto- what the story is about like a lot of classical plays it's got you know a number of different stories to it right it's like if you say what's King Lear about somebody will say it's a story of two brothers fighting or it's three sisters or it's you know an old man and I think there's a lot of that in that there's it's an ensemble play, so there's so many different storylines, and it sort of does all sort of coalesce into this, this story. But I do think you can look at it from a bunch of different angles, and it is a political play. It is a play about home. It is a play about sort of all these different things um, that are going on today. And wow. I also think it might be fun to know, for some people out there, that um, our playwright, Jeremy, was inspired by Anton Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard, right. uh, which also, of course, has a lot of themes of home and community and what happens as progress makes its way in and the world that you knew 
is suddenly not that world anymore and how you shift and adapt and who can shift and adapt and who has difficulty with that? We always joke because our logo is, we took from um, uh, a line from Hamlet, there's a special providence in the fall of a sparrow. And so the, our logo is a sparrow that's kind of aspiring, living in esperance towards hope. And uh, there's a great quote by Chekhov that um, says, uh, what is a life? That's like asking, what is a carrot? So it kind of feels like Chekhov would say to us, your sparrow is just a bird. Right, and so it's kind of fun, that idea of all these characters pushing and, uh, and aspiring and, and, and living in hope, but a world that kind of might be conspiring to do the opposite of that. Sort of beating them down, suppressing yeah. them. Wow, and tell me about your theater company, Esperance Theater Company. We, I think we were most inspired, um, all of us met at the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival, and uh, I think we were inspired by uh, a company. Uh, we all worked together, Katie and I, since 2003. We've done, uh, I think, nine, nine seasons, seasons together, together at the Hudson yeah. Valley Shakespeare Festival. Wow. So we got to know the actors and the crew and the directors. And speaking of home, we got to know the soil and the dirt of that place. And because of that, there were just shows that no other company could do, right? Like, we knew each other inside and out. And on top of that, the audience knew us. Like we came in as young actors and they watched us grow up and get married and then have a baby. Mm -hmm. And there was something about that connective tissue to each other and to the audience that like we really loved. And um, we wanted to, to uh, we were at the point in our careers where we were excited to kind of be the voice to create that company and that community for our audience and, and for our talented, talented uh, group of colleagues and friends that we wanted to work together with. So you're a married couple. Yeah. Yes. What's it like to be a married couple and creating your own theater company together? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's, like, it's the best because, you know, in, uh, you know, you, you <laughs> I mean, the love that we have for each other as people also is probably what brought us together and our love for what we think of the theater's about. But the hard thing is, like when we get home, we still want to be talking about theater and business. <laughs> right. We gotta be like, okay, we gotta put that aside for just a second to talk about other things and, and you know, live our lives as a married couple and not just married uh, theater producers. You know? <laughs> well. yeah. But it, it, it is, as Ryan said, it's incredibly special we feel really fortunate to be able to do this. Uh, and and you know, now that we have our daughter who's a little over a year and a half, it's become a whole new level of how do we continue to make this happen? Um, yeah, we, did, we did a workshop um, the show before this of uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet and Macbeth that we called Youth and Ambition and there's a great video because she was like maybe nine months old Thank and so you. we just have her strapped to us as we're doing a dance call and she's just like <laughs> waving and singing and having the best time with it so she is now a company member of Esperance as well yeah. right <laughs> I, and she's adorable too oh, oh I did a little Facebook stuff oh, oh no it's, yeah. it's kind of part of my job yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's very, very, very cute. Uh, oh, thank you. Thanks, man. We're partial, but we think so, too. <laughs> that's, that's terrific. Um, how are rehearsals going for Brightwish Farm? Awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, one of the fun awesome challenges of doing this is we're doing it on an equity showcase code which means that they're only we're only allotted a certain amount of hours and amount of time to get it up and ready um, but we have just been 
blessed and I know that, you know that hashtag blessed but like with the the crew and the ensemble of actors that we have and the team of designers and uh, I think every day that we come in we're just really inspired by how much they're bringing to the table and, and what they're creating in front of our eyes and I know Jeremy is just thrilled with, with where we're at and, and the things that are going on. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love everyone's attitude. I mean, we've, we've sort of jokingly taken to calling uh, any struggles or anything. We call them opportunities, right? But sure. I think especially in art, there's something really true about that of like, well, we're not going to have this thing. Or if we had 20 hours, we do this. But otherwise, we're going to listen and talk and we're going to have this thing. And it's going to be an apple because we say it's an apple. And then, you know, in some ways, it, it helps make theater different from what from film and TV, right? It helps make it feel like, yeah, we have to imagine, we have to sort of strive for something as opposed to it's all set and done and perfect and, you know, all the things if we had, you know, a year to rehearse with. Yeah, and I think we strive in a way to make sure that the audience is, like, complicit in the event. And so the more that we can create that world for them to imagine, right, to kind of go with us, to not fill in all the, the pieces for them, the, at least for me, the more fun I have as an audience member, and those are the shows that stay with me. And, and I remember I... I also often joke around this, I wish every play was our town because there's something that's really fun about having to, to create the event of the, the evening right in front of everybody's eyes. Yeah. Our town is very nimble. Yeah. It can be performed so many different ways, yeah. as was proven by the, the David Cromer production. That's right, like, that's right. Yeah. It was 10, 12 years ago. Um, there's something great about theater as opposed to film where you don't have to be so literal. And it does provide so many opportunities for the audience to use their imagination. And I've interviewed so many people who have said, our challenges created some of our brightest moments of genius. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because you have to get creative. Yeah. You have to do something that's different. Um, are you finding a lot of that in the show? Are you finding that like, oh, this is better than I ever thought it would be if I would have just stuck to maybe my first decision? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's, I think, probably why we wanted to do this stuff, like uh, for those things to come up. And I don't want to give anything away about the show, but there, the, the, the show, reading it on the script, I mean, Jeremy's heart is big and, and imaginative, but some of it reads on the script as being very literal with the amount of, Props and the amount of uh, uh, the sheen sh shifts and the locations and the, and the things that, that you have with it. And so there was that fun opportunity that we are not a big, you know, we are a, a scrappy little young theater company that knew that we couldn't do that going in. So we had to look for those opportunities to, to leap and use our imagination I'm, to help I mean, complete the picture. Literally this morning, Ryan was like curling up the wrapping paper and he goes, does this look like corn to you? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it looks like corn, right? But also like if it was a literal corn, there, it could never be good enough to feel real, right? There's no, like, if we had a prop corn or had some plastic thing or something, right? But, like, absolutely, you know, but he's making little twisties and, and then now we're, we're saying it's corn and you're just going to believe it, right? That, that, that sort of is what theater is. That's terrific. Now, I just walked through your, your stage and yeah. your set and it looks really cool and really <laughs> different. Yeah, we love it. Talk about that. 
Um, well, our, our, uh, I mean, that's the work of our, of our um, designer, um, uh, Alexander, and he, uh, we were walking around the space and he first had this idea that we would open up a, uh, a, uh, like a, a children's toy chest, right? And so that everything would start to happen from there. And then we just started spitballing on ideas and uh, landed on what you see out there that it, um, as we were talking about, the play is about home and about family. And uh, so it starts in the matriarch we never meet and Connie's attic. And so all of the stories and all of the scenes start with things that have come from the attic that we're bringing in to, to use to, to create the moment. Yeah. That's really neat because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like you're taking uh, props and moments from another time frame within your play and associating them with this new time frame. Yeah. Is, that, is, is that what's going on? Absolutely, yes. yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah. love that, I oh, love that great. concept. Thanks, man. We do too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Now, I read that your playwright, Jeremy J. Camps, started writing the play back in 2010, 2011. Mm, yes. Um, and if I read correctly, it was a lot of it was inspired by a trip to India? Yeah. Yes. I forgot that. That's I right. I did too. He, he, he talked a little bit about that, like seeing, I think seeing a lot of people in poverty, but sort of rising up into the middle class, I think right. really let him start thinking about what is happening to the disappearing American middle class and, and what, and especially, you know, just that feeling of, of, uh, um, social climbing or the ability to rise and how that is lost. It feels like in a lot of, I think a lot of Americans feel like that's not, I don't, the dream isn't there. I can't, right, you know, there's a lot of talk about the American dream and, and can I pull myself up by my bootstraps and maybe stuff that we would have felt 50 years ago that was possible, which I think most people maybe don't feel that way quite as much. So in some ways it's, it's kind of about that. And I think it's also really neat. Jeremy and Ryan are both from Wisconsin. Um, Ryan from a larger town in Wisconsin, but Jeremy's from a pretty rural area of Wisconsin. So a lot of this story is based around just his his upbringing, not necessarily specific people, but the feeling of it, mm-hmm. and and that area of Wisconsin and that you know mindset. Um, but it's really neat. He he drops in these little specific moments of things that actually happened. Uh, there was a march in Madison, in the Capitol, um, when Scott Walker was trying to take away the pension and rights of the teacher union. And Ryan and I were actually there for that. And we marched in the Capitol. And Jeremy just drops it in just lightly at one point in the script. It's discussed for a few lines. And I'm he does that throughout the play. Um, so it's, it's also based in these real moments in history of 2010, 2011. And speaking of a big historical moment, the Packers winning the Super Bowl, yes, too. Yes, of course. Uh, and so, um, <laughs> what he's done this amazing thing, too. So, one of the scenes is the Super Bowl, and it almost, like, frame by frame by frame of events that happened in the game to, like, play out in front of us, too. So, for some of us who are big Packer oh. fans, it's very it's very exciting to hear those and moments. Of course, people these guys in. are Packers fans. I'm a Steelers fan. So, every time Ryan, directing the show, reads the directions, he's like, Super Bowl, he looks right at me because, of course, the Packers beat the Steelers in that Super Bowl. But, you know, I just get to relive it every night. (laughs) I love that sort of behind the scenes, those moments that you're having with each other. It's really nice to get get sort of a peek into that and have people hear about that. Um, So is, is the play, is the time frame of the play 
current modern day or does it take place back in in the 2010 2011 uh, time 2011 so okay. like, yeah so it all takes place then um, I think that you know when we're talking at the beginning uh, uh, that idea of our town um, I think within the quality of 2011 the very specific details that make up what 2011 was about um, from that as a leaping off place um, to speak about like universal themes, right? Mm -hmm. But like what's really fun about it is that, you know, and he wrote this, you know, before um, Trump before uh, there were um, I don't want to give too much of the play away but before, yeah, no spoilers yeah but before a lot of the things that you're going to see in the play start happening Jeremy was writing into wow. the play and so we did the we did the first reading of it uh, it was his thesis um, he was a playwright at NYU and it was his thesis and uh, there were a few actors that were uh, Katie and Will were all in that reading we did it at the beginning and so it was kind of fun to see Jeremy kind of having his finger on the pulse and being a little bit of a prophet of seeing right. what was going to happen. So it's a little bit weird that like he kind of put all, you know, it, that he, he knew that the, the world was spinning in this direction. And it feels like it's been so changed by Trump, even though Jeremy's done nothing to change it, right? Like it, it, it's, a, there's a little, maybe it would have been a little political vein through the, the thing, which is examining what is happening to these people. Where's the anger behind what would lead to Scott Walker, which I think if Trump ever happens, you would think of that as a little slice of the play. It's impossible now not to view, I think, this through, through you know, I, I play a, a Republican politician who, like, is a little bit an analog for Scott Walker, an analog for Paul Ryan. And, but now, of course, everything is so viewed through the lens of Trump that it becomes an exploration of Trumpism, even if that wasn't what Jeremy was originally intended. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, he, we, we would say, like, is this, has it changed at all? He goes, no, I'm not changing it at all. I haven't added anything to, wow. but you just can't, at least I can't watch the play and not see oh my God, this is what happened in West Virginia. This is what happened in Michigan. This is what happened to this, these disillusioned people. You know, even though that's not at all what he was intending when he wrote it, you know, way back when. I've heard that so many times from playwrights that I've interviewed that there's sort of like this prophetic, yeah. uh, there's a syndrome of prophecies that's going on. Um, I, I am a writer myself and, and just wrote a musical for the, um, the about the election that occurred last year, and things that I wrote last year are like popping up yeah. now, and and I, I hear that from so many different people. Yeah. Um, part of me thinks, well, maybe that's history repeating itself, and part of me just thinks, well, maybe it's just a, a, a predictable administration. Yeah. Now. Esperance Theatre Company, what I uh, read on your website, uh, you strive to connect modern-day people to the classics. Mm -hmm. um, how, are you, how do you go about that? Well, this your is, techniques? This is actually our first full production of a contemporary play. Um, before this, our first production was Twelfth Night, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, mm -hmm. and we did a, a workshop a pretty produced workshop last year of, Ryan had mentioned it before, something we entitled Youth and Ambition, the Morality Mash of Romeo, Juliet, and the Macbeths. And we, Ryan did a very, very intelligent one-hour cutting of each play. And the first act was Romeo and Juliet, and the second act was Macbeth, with five actors kind of banging up against each other, little intermission in between to give a little break and palate cleanse, but to really examine what our what happens in the young mind and the young emotional heart and then what can happen when you step into this later stage of life. Um, 
And for Twelfth Night, to hop back to that, we uh, approached it from a very musical perspective, um, where the play itself lends lends itself to that. It has a lot of music lyrics, anyway, written into it. So we took that and ran with it, and um, had two brilliant actor musicians compose the music for it. And uh, it was a very ensemble, everything that we've done is very ensemble driven. Mm -hmm. um, for Twelfth Night and Youth and Ambition, everyone was on stage. So I think we, in it, yeah, we look for truth and mm -hmm. size and things that are universal. And I think for this one, even though it's contemporary, it was inspired by Chekhov's Cherry Orchard. Right. And so I think that's the thread to us with, with this as we, as we start to look at contemporary stuff too, to look for those big themes that make us um, that put us in a specific place, but that I can look at it and I, I relate to the character that Charlie plays, even though that's not my political leanings nor how I will talk about things, I can relate to him. And so um, it's so specifically Wisconsin and it's, you know, in some ways a love letter to Wisconsin, but at the same time, it, it's a love letter to America. It's a, you know, that, that there's something hopefully in the audience that everybody connects to. And I think that, for me, is what makes it play classical. And I think in terms of our company as a whole, in you know, what we do with classical work, I think there is something that we all three really share very strongly of like, Classical theater is not meant for the elite. It's not meant for snobby, oh, very well pronounced Shakespeare or whatever, right? Uh, you know, we have a lot of fancy training in, in that room and none of us want to say classical theater in a way that feels like it's it's for a certain class of people, right? And so, you know, not only the, in at least shows Ryan's have directed, there's no fourth wall or anything like that. Not only that, and in terms of how lean it is with, we're really trying not to separate ourselves from the audience, right? We, we all sort of believe in the kind of theater that's, we're all in a room, we're storytellers, I'm trying to tell you a story as, as, as easily as possible and without separating, you know, me as some, some character from 400 years ago, I'm Hamlet right now and I'm, we're dealing with the same stuff. But I think that's sort of, we all sort of have, have Absolutely. the same shared. Yeah, yeah I uh, interviewed uh, a, a Canadian Shakespearean actor on the show. Her name is Carly Street. Um, she was out here covering the two leads in Marvin's room and um, she says that sort of the, the, the flowering of the classics mm -hmm. of Shakespeare have in, in certain ways muddled it a little bit and she said the best way to, to get it through to the audience is just be direct yeah. and be conversational yeah. about it yeah. Yeah. you know she said you put yourself in the place of these people who are back who were who were alive back when Shakespeare was alive it was and, and she said a lot of it was environment too, yeah. um, which is it was cold and everybody was just moving about their business and very, very direct with each other. Yeah. And I and to me, that makes a lot of sense. And also there's no fourth wall then when Shakespeare is doing it too. Right. So we were communicating. I needed you, when I, when I, if I'm doing soliloquy, I need you to answer me. And the I'm talking to you. From what yeah, I, yeah I, I, need, I need you to be part of my story. It, like, if you don't connect with me, if you don't answer my questions, I'm not going to be able to solve my problem. And there's something so exciting. We're not that. requesting the audience to speak back. I want to be clear. When we talk, you just sit there silently. Yeah. <laughs> you can think thoughts back at us. I personally really like the fourth wall. So. Oh, no! <laughs> All right, well, that's the rest of the interview is a yeah. fight about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, what would you like your audiences to leave with emotionally, mentally, after seeing Brightwish Farm? I mean, I, you know, Ryan has mentioned it a few times, and, and I know this is very important to Jeremy too, but 
I think it is about, it's about home and family and community and all the many aspects of that, good and bad. Um, at the heart of this story is a family that has been on this family farm for generations and a lot of factors have contributed to this farm slowly coming apart in some ways. In some ways it's flourishing, in other ways it's, it's very much on the decline. Um, but it's how this group of people, both blood family and chosen family, how they deal with the fluctuations uh, that life is bringing their way, and some to success, some not as much, but that the fight to stay connected yeah. emotionally and almost physically to the earth, I think is, is an incredibly powerful theme in this play, and, and I think something that we hope our audience will leave with this idea of I'm connected yeah, to people to, and to, community. To, to question what is your value system to say to stay connected to your community and to stay connected to the world, right? I mean, I think that's a big. I think in, in some ways that um, actors and artists are your your empathy personal trainers, right? And so I think that there's something about that. If like we're really making you question, how do I stay connected to a community, or how were my values um, uh, placed in me? right that makes me see this person in that way like what why do I think those things in the way that I do and so like we're trying to do a very hard job that everybody in the play has a valid argument with that other person right that we're not there aren't scapegoats and there aren't like we can we can put that party to the side because we're already going to shut down and not listen to them and if there's one thing I mean Jeremy is so good at that at that light touch and of really empathizing with all of his characters so as soon as you want to go okay this is the one who's right and this one is wrong find some way to go ah, here's a little help for you too here's a so that it, it, it never flips over it never feels like we're telling you this is what you should feel or this is what you think I, I think really a lot of audience members are going to come and pull different things from it yeah. I, the, for the little political elements of it like I keep being told whether it's people coming from Wisconsin um, one of our cast members has um, family coming from Florida who are very conservative um, immigrants and they were sure. saying oh, they're going to agree with everything you say. I was like, no way. He's like, they're going to be on your side completely. On my side, which is the sort of more conservative side. And I think that's. I think Jeremy would want that. I don't think you should... You're not meant to be left feeling at the end of the play. Uh, I, I'm judging these characters, and I like this character. I think you are. we are showing you a whole story, and then you, know, you pick from it what you will. That's terrific. Uh, I saw uh, Perestroika last night, mm -hmm. the oh, second yeah. half of Angels yeah. in America. Terrific, terrific show. And I was having a conversation with a lady next to me. We were talking about that, that very the very nature of that quality of theater, that if, if it's done really, really well, you're going to be feeling a lot of different things about each character. And just when you think you know, you don't. Yeah. And, and that's terrific. Now, I want to rewind before. We're almost out of time, and I'm going to have you give your social media information. But <laughs> I want to rewind. You said actors and artists are the... Your 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 empathy personal trainers. <laughs> yeah. Did you make that up? I think I did. I want to oh take credit gosh. for it, but uh -oh. like you never know where these ideas come from. But I think I did make that up. Yeah. That's that I'll is, take credit. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. You should probably trademark that. Yeah, it's a long drawn out process, but that is that is. That's <laughs> really um, so thanks, man. On that note, can you give our audiences your social media information? And I understand you've added some performances. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Due to, man. Due yeah. to great ticket sales, uh, you know, our audience has been awesome in terms of we asked them, hey, please show up opening weekend, and we basically sold out opening weekend already, nice. which is just so cool for us. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. That's amazing. That's very yeah. exciting. So very cool. We have, yeah, we have two, two additional performances we just added yesterday on next Saturday and the Saturday after. That's the 10th and the 17th. Both at 7.30 p.m. Both at 7.30 p.m., exactly, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. So where can people go to find tickets to those performances and others? Great. Uh, so a couple of places. Um, first, you can stop by our website at www.esperancetheatercompany.org. Um, we spell theater with an E-R. Thank uh, you for clarifying. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I know. was going to ask. There are two options there. That's right. our, that was our It was choice. like two months of debate. It's 50-50, I have to say. I like to have to be aware of that. Uh, But yeah, so that's Uh, You can follow us on Facebook at Esperance Theatre Company. Um, Our Twitter handle is Esperance NYC, and you can find us on uh, Instagram at Esperance Theatre Company. And on Instagram, it's an Ari. Oh, yes. Thank you for clarifying that. That's not true. I'm just joking. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's a joke. I was like, is is ER taken? <laughs> I know. That like, would be the worst Whoa. switch to make. No. Well, you three have been delightful. Uh, likewise. Thank I thank you. I really, really appreciate you being on your program as your ticket. And um, I wish you many, many broken legs oh, and appendages. Oh, yeah. How exciting that that this is your first modern play. Yeah. It's 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 really cool. You must be And special cool. that it's Jeremy. I mean, we go all the way back to college and it just feels like the the best for me to be able to bring his play into the world. It's really special. That's that's very that's great. I'd love to have him on the show as well. Yeah. Sometime. yeah. Maybe I'll connect with him and see if yeah. I can't get him. Absolutely. Thank you for being with us, Ryan Quinn, Katie Hartke, and Charlie Murphy from Brightwish Farm. Weren't they awesome? And what an interesting and topical play. So go see it. I know I'm going to. Again, you can find information and tickets for the show at esperancetheatercompany.org. That's theater with an E-R. Again, esperancetheatercompany.org. Thanks once again to my guests, New York City-based Esperance Theater Company's Ryan Quinn, Katie Hartke, and Charlie Murphy. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket at Facebook.com. Your Program Is Your Ticket. I'm on Twitter at, at Program Ticket. The website is yourprogramisyourticket.com. I'm also on YouTube. Search me out at Your Program Is Your Ticket. It's, there's some really fun videos on there, and I think you'll like them. I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate me, write me a review, and subscribe. It helps my profile, and I appreciate it. Folks, take a little time to see a show this week, and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's lots of theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people, and curtain. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.